0: Welcome to the Martin Bailey Photography Podcast It's January 3, 2017 and this is episode 555 As we enter a new year, I'm completing my yearly task of selecting my favourite photos from the previous year So today I'm going to walk you through my process in Capture One Pro, literally blow by blow, as I whittle down my initial selection. I have actually just got back from a two week break in the UK to visit family, which was great. But I'm a little behind now, catching up on business before I start travelling with my first Japan winter tour, which starts next Sunday. I was able to photograph a few things that I wanted to get to while I was in the UK and I wanted to finish processing those images first before I completed this selection so I'm a day late with this week's episode Another reason this process took more time than usual is because I had to reprocess a number of images from the first half of 2016 because... I switched to Capture One in the summer, and I really wanted to complete this task entirely in Capture One. Still though, I've started writing this post this morning on January 3rd, and that's the morning after completing my first pass, so let's take a look at my process from this point on in Capture One Pro. Over the years I've completed this process many times and so far have shared details of that process in Lightroom but since I've jumped ship to Capture One, this year I'll use Capture One references in the hope that it will help Capture One users as well. If you are a Lightroom user or any other program for that matter much of what I say today will be easily transferable to your chosen application. As always though, I have used collections to drill down to my personal top 10 photographs. In Capture One, to start this process, I right clicked the user collections and created a group called drill down groups. And then I right clicked that and created an album called First Pass. I then right clicked my first pass album and selected set as selects collection. Once you have your first pass album ready and set as your selects collection, you can go through your selects for the year and hit your keyboard shortcut to add any image that you want to look at again to the collection. I had my shortcut set to command plus J initially but as I did this many times yesterday, I found it a pain to hit a two key combination, so I changed my shortcut keyboard in Capture One to make the letter Q add images to my select collection. I used Q on the keyboard because, mainly because it was free, but also because it kind of looks like a line going into a zero, which you could think of as a diagram for putting something into a jar. It works for me anyway. I ended up with 973 images in my finals folder for 2016 which includes a number of images from the first half of the year which were duplicated as TIFF files because I was using SilverFX Pro and ColorFX Pro on some of my work and I keep both the final TIFF and the original RAW file when I did this. For the second half of the year, I've not used silver effects, and I only have a few images that I had to edit in Photoshop, so this probably makes 2016 one of my most productive years. The only year that I've got more final selects than this before now is 2012, when I did three consecutive Antarctica expeditions. So, I had 944 finals that year. But more of those would have been originals and a a TIFF or a Photoshop file. So, the chances are that I probably had my best crop this year. After my first pass, I found myself with 140 images in my collection which is of course 14 times more than I need. So this is where the struggle begins to start to reduce my selection down to just 10. It's always best to break processes up a little. So I created a second album under my drill down groups and called it Second Pass. Before I created this new album, I hit Command A to select all of my 140 images and I turned on the add selected images after creation checkbox so that my images were automatically added to this new collection. From this point, instead of adding images it becomes a case of removing them with the delete key. When you are in a collection the delete key just removes images from the collection it doesn't actually delete them note that i am adding screenshots of some of these things that i'm talking about as i'm going along so if you're listening to the audio and you can't you can't visualize what i'm talking about go to the blog post at mvp.ac/555 and you'll be able to follow along on the image with the images on the blog and click on some of the screenshots because they'll be much larger and will fill your screen if you uh, open up your browser window. Of course, if you are watching on a device that supports the enhanced podcast format, the images should be right there. As I was adding my images, I knew that there were a number of them that were very similar, and that not all of them would be included in the final top 10. But I didn't want to make the decision at that point. There are two reasons for this, and the first is simply paying respect to some of the images that I like. It's not a logical way to add images, but there are images from the year that I have come back to a number of times, and I simply cannot start this process without including them, even though I know I'll remove them later. The second and more logical reason for adding these images is because the first call has to be relatively quick. This is how I generally edit down my selection of images from a shoot, for example. My first pass is just throwing images that I like into the pot so that I can take more time making my decisions later. That's where I am at this point after my first pass. What I start to do now is look for those groups of similar images and start to whittle them down to the strongest image. For example, there's no way I'm going to include more than one sea eagle photograph, so I selected all of my shots of stellar sea eagles with their talons forward, and started on these first. One of those little things that I don't like about Capture One Pro, but put up with for the greater good, is that you can only select up to 12 images to view and compare them in the viewer at any one time. I would have liked to view all of my eagle shots at one time, but it's not possible. Having said that, it's better practice to work on smaller groups, so this is fine, but annoying that you don't have that extra control. You can remove single images from a collection while in the viewer pane in Capture One Pro by selecting the image and hitting the delete key but ensure that you have edit primary selected rather than edit all selected variants first. You can toggle between these modes with the icon with the three stacked rectangles or from the edit menu. If you leave this set to edit all selected variants when you hit the delete key, they will all be removed from the collection. After whittling down my first batch of Stellar's seagull shots, I selected pretty much the rest of them, and removed another 10 or so, until I got down to the one that I probably knew all along that I would not be able to remove. I think it's important to compare though, as you learn about your images as you go through the process. I also knew that I was not going to be able to have many eagle shots, so I quickly went through and with the single stellar sea eagle shot in mind, I it was easy to remove a bunch of other eagle images, although I had to leave in one white-tailed eagle and one black-eared kite shot that I really liked, for now at least. I still had a lot of bird shots though, so I started to work through small groups of other types of birds too, I removed some owl shots to leave just one and then got rid of most of my Japanese Red Crown crane shots too. I had a lot of crane shots this year of them in flight but these are really quite common photos so it wasn't too hard to remove lots of these too as I became more ruthless. I ended up with my favourite shots of the cranes at the famous Ottawa Bridge in Tsurui as we'd been fortunate enough to get some beautiful hoarfrost for a number of mornings on my 2016 tours. And the one I left had a lot of story to it, with various groups of cranes doing different things, and some pintail ducks in the foreground, so it has remained a favourite throughout the year. We also had a great year for the Hooper Swans, so I found myself with a whopping 21 photos of these magnificent birds to wade through. Again, I started to break them down into smaller groups. I had a lot of them flying against a beautiful softbox-like background, so I worked on these first and then the similar flight shots, etc. I found that a few times I wanted to view images at full size, but in MultiView, that isn't possible because when you double-click on an image, it zooms in on the image in its small window. This is great for, say, checking critical sharpness on a certain area of multiple images, but it's not much use for this exercise. So I find myself flicking back and forth between MultiView and primary view with the four rectangles and the single rectangle icons, in the top left of the viewer, or under viewer mode in the view menu. You can make a certain number of decisions when looking at images in multi-view, but when you look at the images large on your display, you can feel the images much more, and I find this really helps with my culling process. Remember that all of the images I'm looking at ...are already favourites from the year, but as some of them flick up on my screen, I get a little flutter of excitement. This clearly tells me that I'm looking at an image that I should be selecting from the current group. This is also why I think it's important to work in groups. At the end of the day, I like to create a balanced representative set of images almost like a mini portfolio of my work from the year. I might, for example, prefer 10 swan shots over everything else, but it wouldn't represent my year very well, when you consider all of the varied subjects that I photographed in 2016. Sometimes, as I feel that excitement, I go back to the last few images and quickly remove them. Sometimes after doing that, the image after the one that I just got excited about makes me even more excited, but these feelings just really help with the process. There is also sometimes a sinking feeling after the excitement, telling me that as much as I like the image, I don't like it as much as the previous image. And this of course is another indication that it's time to hit the delete button. Down now to just three swan shots, I started to block, so I moved on. I'm not going to explain every step, but I gradually worked through the groups of images until I got to the end of my collection again. By the time I'd gone through a second time, my collection contained 70 images, exactly half the images that I started with. This is actually a really nice number for a slideshow, so I made a coffee, kicked up my feet and hit the slideshow button. Here are my thumbnails as I started my third pass. In Capture One you can view more than 12 images by selecting Hide Viewer from the View menu and then just use the zoom slider in the browser toolbar to change the size of the thumbnails. You can also toggle the display of file name and star ratings under the images by turning browser labels off in the view menu. I really wish there was an option to view or hide the image crop on the thumbnails, but unfortunately it isn't possible, so images that I've cropped appear smaller than others and offset a little, which I find annoying. This really should be an option, not the default and only thumbnail view. I've fed this kind of request back to the Phase 1 team, but they've so far been pretty bad at implementing any of the ideas that I've sent over. Hopefully it's just a case of them trying to steer a rather large ship, and these things are just taking time, rather than simply being ignored. I repeated the process of creating a new album and copied the 70 images from my second pass into a third pass collection. Yet another quirk with Capture One, is that it always sets the default sort of a new album to name, so images are sorted by file name. This means I have to go in each time and change this to date, so that I can see my images in the order that they were captured. I... Don't know if this is just me, but it seems to make much more sense than sorting by name as the default. Anyway, as you can see, I still have a few groups of images that I can work on, so it's now time to get really ruthless. I still have to remove 60 images, so this is really going to hurt. I only have room for one snow monkey shot, so two of those have to go. I removed the middle one of the previous screenshot, but I like the remaining two about the same, so my final decision is based on orientation. Landscape is better for computer screens than portrait. I have a lot of winter trees left, so I go to work on those too. Jeez, this is heartbreaking. My boat graveyard in Hokkaido holds a very special place in my heart but at this point I have to get these shots down to just one so three of them go. And there are still three shots of lines of boats so at least two of those have to go too. As much as I love my raptor images the white-tailed eagle and black-eared kite also have to go they just aren't special enough to compete with the other images. I'm still struggling with my swan shots too. I was able to remove one of the three that were left, but I limped on to remove the Pipe dream shot that I'd snuck in. This wasn't a difficult decision because it really doesn't match the rest of the set. I trimmed the Greenland icebergs and glacier shots down a bunch, then moved on to Iceland and removed my beloved ultra-wide-angle shot of Landmannalaugar, as I feel the 63mm shot is a more natural perspective and shows the natural beauty of the valley better. I also removed two of my ice-on-the-beach shots from Iceland and kind of surprised myself with my decision to remove the one of the waves crashing over the ice and leave the one with the distant telegraph poles. I love the totally natural scene, but I'm finding myself more and more attracted to images that contain a trace of man and what we do to our beautiful planet. After a few more hard decisions, I found myself down to 27 images. I'm hours into the process and I really need to get this job completed and release this podcast too, so I can move on and do a few other important jobs that are waiting for me. Ideally, at this point, I'd be able to walk away for a day or so, and come back later for the final push, but I don't have that luxury right now. This in itself is good practice at editing a selection towards a tight deadline. One of the reasons I think that this exercise is such an important thing to do each year, is because it gets us accustomed to whittling down images to a very tight selection. I've mentioned before that I hate to sit through hundreds of people's images. It doesn't matter how good someone is, I never want to view the entire contents of their memory card after a shoot. In a professional environment, we're also often asked to provide a very small number of images for a specific project. So developing the skill to drill down to these small sets is a vital part of being a professional photographer and sometimes that happens with very little time to sit back and wait for the set to define itself. So here we go. It's time to make the hardest decisions so far and remove almost one in three of my most favourite images from the year. If you look at the last three in the previous screenshot, you'll see that these are very recent photographs from my visit to the UK. One is the Ratcliffe-on-Saw power station that I grew up in the shadow of. I've been hoping to do some nice photos of this for years, so that's staying. The second is a lighthouse in Dovercourt near Harwich in Essex. I found out about this place from a member of my Arcanum cohort, Phil Newbury, an excellent photographer from the UK. Phil has an amazing photograph of this spot, so I've wanted to visit here for a while too. I really like my black and white shot from this spot, as well as my colour version from sunrise the next morning. But I'm going to go for the colour version, mostly because... Films is a beautiful black and white, so I want to keep them different. I still had five images from my January Hokkaido landscape photography tour, which is obviously disproportionate to the year, so I removed the one of the Shinto gate in the sea and the fish drying frames. I love both of these shots, but need to keep trimming down the set. I hate to remove my two flying swans, but I think the two swans flapping on the ice has a very slight edge. The fox is really cute, but has to go too. I like the bluey east two shots with the old military vehicles in Greenland, but that situation isn't ideal, and I'm not a political activist, so I'll remove that too. I like the boat on the grass shot from Iceland a lot but I think that can go. It breaks my heart again to do this but I have to remove one of the two Iceland beach ice shots and I think I'll leave the wider scene. I love my shot from my first visit to Gullfoss but it's not as good as much of the other work in my opinion. Okay, So now I'm really struggling. I'm at 18 images, and this is the point where many people start to say things like, well, I can just limit myself to 1.5 images per month and just go with this. But that defeats the object. It's these last few selections that really hurt. So please don't give in to the temptation to cut yourself some slack. Okay, so the owl is gone with its beautifully cute upward gaze, and if it comes to this, I guess I can say goodbye to my frolicking swans, as well as the shot of the waves drawing out at the harbour at Oumu in Hokkaido. The view of the distant mountains in Greenland is starting to feel just a little bit out of place, and in the scheme of things, I think I need to give in to the temptation to include my shot of the power station. I like the shot, but I think it's probably elevated in my evaluation at this point, because of its relative newness. With just three more images to remove, and the sun having gone down almost an hour ago, I think I'm going to have to remove the aerial photo of the glacier from above, as it is perhaps symbolically more beautiful than it is aesthetically beautiful. I've shared the classic Land Valley images before, so I'm going to remove that one too, leaving the Breathing Mountains shot. At this point, I'm looking to remove one of three images to get to my final top ten. I think if I'm totally honest with myself... It's the sheer cuteness of the Snow Monkeys that is responsible for them being in the set. So as much as it breaks my heart, I think it's time to say goodbye to them. All done. So, with that, I have my 2016 Top 10 images selected. I can now rename my final pass album to 2016 Top 10 and then drag it to my Top 10 collections group. I'd say that this took me a little bit longer than it used to take me in Lightroom because of some of the Capture One Pro quirks, but six months after jumping ship, I'm still very happy to work around these quirks for the ultimate quality of the images. Next week I'll release a follow-up episode in which I'll walk you through each image, sharing my thoughts on the process of creating each of them. I hope you enjoyed walking through this process with me today and that you'll enjoy my walkthrough of the final top 10 next week. Whether you are one of the folks that now also does this each year or someone new to this tradition, please share a link to your top 10 in the comments on the blog post at mbp.ac555. I love to see your work and for those that have been doing this for a while, It's always great to see how you're growing as a photographer If this is your first time, you will not regret doing this I fully believe that it makes us better at editing our images down to a finite selection And these yearly top 10 collections Build into an invaluable series of mini portfolios That help us review our work from year to year And hopefully, help us see how we're growing as photographers We'll leave it there for this week, but to finish I'd like to wish you a very happy new year. May 2017 be an amazing year for you, and if things don't go as well as you'd like, I wish you the strength and good fortune to overcome any hardships that you might face and move on to better things. Thanks very much for listening today. If you enjoy this podcast, please share a link with your friends. Subscribe in iTunes or your favorite podcast program to ensure an uninterrupted delivery. And if you have a moment to rate the podcast or leave us a review in iTunes, that helps to keep us relevant in the huge number of podcasts out there now. You can find me on Google+, Twitter, Instagram and Facebook, etc. And links to everything that I'm up to are at martinbaileyphotography.com, So do drop by and take a look. I'll be back next week with another episode. But in the meantime, you take care and have a great week, whatever you're doing. Bye-bye.